This is a message from the ministry of the International Baptist Church of Debrecen. For more information about our church, visit ibcdebrecen.com. So Daniel explained to the king that the metals represent kingdoms must exist on earth. And the head of gold represents the kingdom of Babylon. So the other metals will represent other kingdoms that will come after the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. And the stone will represent the last kingdom after the statue. So, this vision of Daniel 7 represents the same thing with a different point of view. Nebuchadnezzar saw all of this kingdom by a big statue, really beautiful, and uh, like a proud man can see things of the world. But the dream of Daniel see the same kingdom as terrible and wild beast. So it shows how God sees this kingdom. So let's make a summary. The four Beasts rise from the sea, the great sea. Here, the great sea represents every population, population of the earth. The first beast was like a lion with uh, eagle wings, and its wings were spearheaded, was lifted up on her two feet, and a man's earth was given to it. So, like the golden head, this beast showed the Babylon Empire. Daniel said to Nabucodonosor in Daniel 2, uh, verse 33-38, O king, you are the king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you kingdom, power, strength, glory. Wherever the children of men dwell, or the beast of the field and the bird of heaven, he, was, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler of them, all you are this head of gold. The second beast came out of the sea. It was a bear, a bear, sorry, not a bear, that held three ribs between its teeth, and it was told to get up and eat a lot of flesh. It's the silver kingdom of Daniel 2. So this beast seemed really terrible, more terrible than the first one, less noble, and the word who was spoken to her showed like bloodthirsty kingdom. The third beast was like a leopard with a four heads and four birds' wings. It's the bronze kingdom. The fourth beast is described as terrifying animals with an extraordinary strength and iron teeth, destroying everything in its path. It's the iron and clay kingdom. These beasts are different from the other because she had ten horns on his head. And these ten horns represent ten kings who will come out from this kingdom. And when Daniel looked closely, he saw a 11 one coming out 
eleven king and three horns was destroyed. So about this passage, it's a bit complicated because many theology studies have been made on Daniel 7, but all of them don't coincide. Some people interpret like uh, the beer is like Russia because uh, it's like the uh, Russian animals. I don't know. Some others think it's the kingdom of Perse, Persia. Some people interpret like the leopard as the Greek empire and others interpret this like the German Reich because, you know, he had four heads, so it will be, it will be four Reich for the German uh, leopard. But to be honest, despite all of this theology study, there is still a lot not very clear for me and I think for everyone. So today we will focus only on what we know for sure. The vision of Daniel 7 is the complete representation of the time of the nation, or in other translation, the time of the Gentile. So the time of the nation is when the, all the kingdom or king from the non-Jew non nation will rule on, over the world until Christ will come to reign for eternity. So to give you an example, in the prophetic clock, the first beast and all she accomplished show that she started the time of the nation. Because if the Gentile ruled the world, it implies that the Jew did not. Babylon was the first kingdom who came and destroyed completely Israel. And the temple of Solomon put an exile uh, almost all of the Jews present outside in Israel. And the destruction of the temple implies that the Jews cannot perform any sacrifice during this period. So it impacts a lot the relationship of the Jew people and God, this relationship. After that, Nebuchadnezzar deported the Jews in Babylon. He put the young nobility to work for him, changing their name. He changed their Jewish name by Pagan's one, initiating them to the costume of Babylon and educating them as a noble Babylonians. So the goal of that was to erase completely the Jewish identity by changing the elite. Because if you change the elite, the people will follow the elite. So it will be in apparent Jewish elite, but in the head there will be Babylonian. So this period of the nation will be okay. This period named the, the time of the nation, it's the non-believer government will rule the world until the intervention of the ancient of a day, who is the Lord himself. The Bible said in Luke 21 verse 24, it say, Jerusalem 
will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So, you understand it? It's the time when the Jews have lost all dominion over the land and Israel will be ruled by non-Jew. If we go back to this last beast, we can notice that in Daniel 7, the beast is ruthless and ten kings will come out of it. But the, there, is, there will be an eleven one who will emerge and look like very powerful and aggressive. We identify this corn, this king, as the Antichrist, but the Antichrist with the big hay. Because there is a lot of Antichrist and there will be a lot again, but this one is supposed to do the worst and the last one. Daniel 7, 24, 25 said, The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first one, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change the time and the law. Then the saints shall be given into his end for a time and time and a half time. And we know this Antichrist with the big eye is supposed to be the last one. Because in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, Paul will explain clearly that the Lord will come after the appearance of the man of sin, who is the Antichrist. Paul said, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon, soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as through the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away come first, and the man of sin revealed is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposed and exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sit as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we talk about a man filled with the spirit of Satan. He is going to be the ruler of the nation, maybe not the official ruler of all country, but he will exert a really a strong uh, influence on it. So he is going to be the one who governs, and is going to be worshipped during the seven years of the Great Tribulation. So he is probably going to be as a messiah of the pagan religions, a politician who is going to solve all the problems of the non-believer. But he will rise up against God to the point to profane the, to profane the holy temple. You know, Jesus talked about him in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 said, 
Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. So we don't know exactly what it means, abomination of desolation, but probably the Antichrist will come and profane the temple. So today we see that around us, everything is being prepared for the coming of such a man. The Muslims are waiting for the Mahdi, their Messiah, who is due to return to earth for seven years. He is described as a man who will have all the knowledge of the science and he will be able to solve all the problems and put an end to war in the world. On the nation side, the non-believer or the false believer who have rejected God are suffering so much today that they are ready to accept anything, any man who will come and solve their problems or put an end to a war or famine. Alongside this, you have the powerful of this world who are massively making people poor and reducing their freedoms. The only freedoms being promoted by these elites through the media are the freedoms to sin or the freedoms, freedoms to turn against God. So, when the people of earth will be exhausted by all of that, by war, by famine, by suffering, and when they fall in a global apostasy, they will be like a ripe fruit, ready to be plucked by the Antichrist. And this man, described as a beast in the Revelation, will, will seal their fate, because only two choices will be left to the people in those days. Follow him or die. Revelation 13, verse 15 to 17 said, he was, granted, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as should not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So it will be really difficult days. But, as we saw above, this won't last Forever, God will put a final hand to all of this kingdom, as we saw in the Nebuchadnezzar dreams, when the big stone fall and break the feet of the statue. So, the last event of the coming of the Antichrist will trigger the second coming of the Messiah. He will return on the clouds and he will end the time of the nation by destroying all kingdoms with his wrath. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 said, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will, will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed 
whom the Lord will consume with his breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah for that. We are happy that everything will be finished. The Lord Jesus Christ, our Messiah, will come a second time and will do justice. Let's read the passage where we see the second coming of the Messiah. It's in Revelation 19, verse 11 to 16. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judged and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed, clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the army in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on the white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it should strike the nation, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself shred winepress of the fierceness, fierceness sorry, and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his tight a name written, King of King and Lord of Lord. So this is known by you. You know who is, who is called Word of God. You know who is uh, called King of King and who is called Lord of Lord. Is Jesus. He will return a second time. He come a first time as a suffering servant, but the second time he will come as the King of King. He will judge and rule the nation. So, The nation will be judged. The Antichrist will be defeated. And Satan, who was the head of all of this plan, will be bound for thousand years. And this is where Christ's eternal reigns begins. He will come to sit on David's throne in Israel to fulfill what the angel told to Mary when she was pregnant. In Luke Chapter 1, 31 to 33. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be, he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and Of his kingdom, there will be no end. So he will sit on the throne, and every people will come and bow the knee before him. And even the, the Jew present here will recognize him as the Messiah. They will start to believe. The word concerning the Jewish people in Zechariah 12, verse 10 will be fulfilled. It said, And I will pour on the house of David and 
on the habitant of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me, whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns of, for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. So, Christ will come, he will defeat the devils, and he will reign for the eternity. And for this reign, change the, the things will change. People every time ask for change, for the politics to change everything, more justice, more money. But here it really changed. It will be a reign of peace and a reign of justice. And God will be known to all and all will be known by God. The relationship between every true believer, those who are truly believe and worship in spirit and truth, will be restored. The Bible said in Isaiah 2, Verse 4, it's really an interesting verse about the restoration. They shall beat their sword into plowshare and their spear into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. So it will be completely finished. No need to learn about war. So, To give you some word of conclusion, this prophecy is not completely fulfilled yet and we are still living in the time of the nation. But I would like to consider something with you. I would like to go back in a verse we saw above. Luke 21 verse 24. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I would like to give you some facts. In 1948, the flag with the Star of David fly over the Promised Land. So it means the Israelites come back in their land and take possession of the Promised Land. And from Nebuchadnezzar, who came in earth 600 before Christ, to the colonial empire of England, In 1947, after Christ, this never happened before. As I speak today, the Jews are already the largest population in Jerusalem. They are already 70% of Jerusalem. Despite all the attempts to get Israel out of the country, it hasn't worked. And during this time, Now it's 75 years. Israel still continuing fortifying itself, moving forward to build the third temple. They re things really changed really fast. Actually, they made every tools, every furniture of the temple. They just need to start to build the temple and fulfill the prophecy in Ezekiel 38. So, we are in a time when things changing really fast. So, aren't we getting dangerously closer to the end of the nation time? 
of the second return of Christ. Whatever the answer to this question, it's time now to come closer and closer from the Lord, to draw near to the Lord, to nurture a strong relationship with the Lord before the serious persecution will start. The Bible said in Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 7, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will be he will abundantly pardon. It's the time now to come closer to the Lord, to know better the Lord. If you don't know now the Lord, it's time to come and surrender everything. If you walk far from the Lord, it's now the time to come and ask for forgiveness, to walk truly with the Lord, to make him the true Lord of your life. The Lord needs to be Inside the now, in, inside the house, not knocking at the door, is need to be inside of your house. Is need to be part of your life every day. You need to have a relationship with God, like you have a relationship with your father. Amen. There is something I heard often in France. People just said, okay, I will seek God before. I will know him before. Uh, I will know him after. I need to do that. I will take time with the Lord after, after, after. And the truth is those people never really take time with the Lord. So don't say I will do that later. Do it now. You have a lot of, of things to do. You have a lot of work. You have a lot of study. You have a lot of rest to take. But don't forget your Lord. It's really important. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness. I pray that you come closer from us. Please, Lord, come and walk with us. Reveal your holy name to us. We want to walk with you. We want to follow you, whatever the, the hand of all of this, whatever happened, we, will be, we want to be close to you. We want to nourish a relationship like father and son, father and daughter. Jesus, I call you. We want to be your brother. We want to know you better. Holy Spirit, I'll, I call upon you. Please come. We want to walk with you. We want to, to have your wisdom, your intelligence. Please, Lord, fulfill us by your Holy Spirit that we know what is your will, that we know in what path we should walk. Jesus did that be, before the persecution, before he was in Gethsemane, and he come, he prayed to you. He spent time with you before the persecution. Please, Lord, 
give us the strength to come and stand and doing the same thing with you, to stand before the persecution, to stand for our brother and our sister and to stand to know you better. Hmm. I pray that in, the, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for lending us your ears and your time today. If your curiosity has been piqued and you'd like to learn more about our church and the work we do, please feel free to visit our website at ibcdebretson.com. Better yet, we warmly invite you to join us in person and experience our community firsthand. We look forward to welcoming you 